In a world where James Franco is still considered a credible actor and Mike Busey can open a place called the Sausage Castle, one podcast will rise. One podcast will take a stand. Its hosts steadfast and strengthened by snark and snobbery. This podcast is Cinema Geekly. Cinema Geekly Podcast, episode 161. It is Anthony Lewis and Glenn Beauvais. Glenn, it has been far too long since we've done a regular show. I think it is August 11th was the last time we did one. And there have been, I believe, at least a couple of news items since then. Uh, yeah. That have popped up in the world of film and the few TV shows that we do not have a podcast for on this website. Um, before we talk about some of the stuff that happened, uh, in movie news wise, uh, you were telling me that you've seen Blade Runner 2049. Have you seen anything else, uh, other than Blade Runner in the last couple months? Like, uh, like new stuff? Hold, hold on. Let me get to box office mojo and just, <laughs> just go through like charts. Uh, I've saw it. Um, oh my goodness. The craze uh, that sweeped a nation. Yeah, it was like, uh, I don't know. The kids were, like, really good in it. Like, it was... Mm, I've heard that, yeah. Yeah, like, it was, I don't know, like, somewhere in that movie, there was, like, a nice little drama, and then they just had to do... I mean, it wasn't scary. I think everybody in the movie theater laughed more than was like, oh, you know, I don't even mm-hmm. think any of the jump scares really got anybody. But, uh, I mean, like, it was okay. Like, I'm not gonna... It was fine. Yeah. It's just the kids were incredible. This is what I've heard. Uh, Let's see. I can't remember what I saw before that. Did I see anything in August? I don't know. I'm trying to think of what I saw since the last podcast. It It's the last thing I can remember mm-hmm. besides Blade Runner, which, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about later. Oh, I saw Mother. Uh, A lot of people I mean, I liked it. Well. <laughs> but uh, uh, I don't blame anybody else for not liking it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people uh, talking about that, though. It's a weird movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I just don't get what uh, Aronofsky's thing is with God. Yeah, he said that he's not intentionally making religious movies, right? But I don't know. <laughs> he's yeah, got he, a thing. He's, he's got a theme going on. Yeah, yeah, I think those are the, probably the the other two. I can, I just can't think of anything that came out in August that I would have seen. Mm-hmm. I finally saw Get Out. Um, also heard that's really amazing. I. So many movies yeah, I've heard are I, I amazing. Liked it, but I just, uh, I don't know. Like, it was good. It was just. Yeah, I doubt I'm making it to the theater until uh, we've got November and December trips for Thor Ragnarok. And, it's on Amazon, is how I watched it. And Star Wars Get Out? Believe so. Ah, well, I will have to check that, th- check that out then if it's on Amazon. Um, yeah, let's talk about some of the things that we. Uh, we missed. We're gonna touch on these uh, some of these first looks 
really quickly and then sort of move on to more recent uh, recent pieces of news. Uh, so the quest, the never-ending quest to faithfully adapt a video game into a film that is of uh, that receives not only good uh, box office numbers but also good critical reception as well continues and we have seen the first trailer for the Tomb Raider reboot which is also based on the Tomb Raider reboot video game series from Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix. It sure is. It definitely is. Um, Oh yeah, I mean there's like things that are verbatim that happened in the first game but what's weird is some of the stuff like the Trinity is in the second game so they like kind of mix both of them. It is weird how they took... It feels like they're taking the story elements from uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider and are putting them in the setting of the Tomb Raider reboot game. Yeah. Yeah, like you're, yeah, you're right. Um, I started there... being Rise of the Tomb Raider because it's just not fun. <laughs> you didn't enjoy it? I, I, I liked it. It wasn't it, as good as the first It became like, really repetitive. Yes. And I'm relatively sure I fought Russians in the snow in the first game, too. And there was a lot of fighting Russians in the snow in this game. I mean, look, I don't have a problem with Russians being bad guys and fighting them, so... Oh, sure, sure. Um, But yeah, the the trailer... So, Alicia Vikander is playing Lara Croft. I think she's a good fit for, uh, like, the rebooted version uh, of, of the character... It's just, uh, it feels it feels like what they've done is made a movie that looks like the game, yeah. In terms of like what I would imagine it would look like if it were a movie, but the everything else from like the dialogue. I mean, granted, you can't tell that much from a trailer, but boy, does it feel like it's just your generic action movie that looks like it fit. This is like this trailer is everything I fear that they'll do to like a, an Uncharted movie. That it'll kind of look like Uncharted, but it won't have any of the spirit or the or the good writing or any of that other stuff. This just sort of feels like your traditional action-y blockbuster movie. Yeah, and video games aren't necessarily known for their uh, dialogue either, so... No. Might not want to steal all the dialogue from a game. No, I mean, you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to adapt the script or whatever, but you would... Yeah. If you've got video games with a good story, I think the first thing you should be doing is taking the people who wrote the stories for those games and have them at least help with the writing of the movie. Yeah. I still feel like the best Uncharted movie will come from, uh, you know, the people who wrote the Uncharted games will write the best Uncharted movie because they know how to write for the those characters, but... Uh, you know, we should... Yeah, get them to write the movie and then, you know, an outside... Source who doesn't want to look at just the marketing, mm-hmm. like a, a good solid producer who kind of knows where you need to go. Yeah, would work. Uh, so what did what did you make? How do how do you feel about the this this Tomb Raider? Return? Yeah, I mean it's too early to tell, but it, I, it doesn't it, to me. It just doesn't look good. Like you said, it looks mm-hmm. like vanilla paste. I yeah. mean, or what, what's he always unbuttered toast? Aaron, Isn't that yes. what Aaron always says? Yeah, Lord Aaron, unbuttered toast, indeed. It's uh, and it's not a good feeling. Uh, but on the flip side of that, yeah, I mean, like if it comes out and like Rotten Tomatoes says like fifty eight percent, I'll be like, oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. 
but on the flip side of that, uh, Marvel churned out their trailer for The Punisher, which I, I don't even know if originally this was going to be a series, but the character hit off so well from season two of Daredevil uh, that uh, they that went happened there. to him in the comics. And yeah, it's a uh... look. I don't know. Maybe maybe the show won't turn out to be that amazing. Kind of like how the Defenders turned out to to be not that amazing after all that build. Um, it was just a a, a fine show with some really great. Or moments, how bad no Iron Fist is. Um, this was it was better than Iron Fist. Iron Fist wasn't even like the worst thing. I know there's a lot of. People I only there. watched the first episode, and I was like, I I can't. I don't have time <laughs> to just do this. I know there's a lot of people who thought it was like the worst thing ever, but I've seen too much TV to know it's the worst thing ever. It was, it was easily the worst of the Marvel TV shows, but it was still better than a lot of other things I've watched. Uh, Defenders was just a letdown. It wasn't bad. It was just the hype was very high for that show because it's the. Avengers of the the Marvel Netflix universe or whatever and it I mean it had its moments it it really did but the by the time it was over it was just you were sort of left going huh that's it uh, okay uh this show might turn out to be the same way and it just had an amazing trailer editor or whatever cuz the trailer for this I thought was excellent um, oh, I know why you thought it was excellent. Oh, no, I mean, not just because of the Metallica song, which, of course, I'm grateful to. That song completely took me out of the trailer. Did it? It not, just, Not yeah. for me at all. I, it, it felt like something that would be in The Punisher, so it was okay with me. Yeah, Dad Rock, yeah. Was it just too recognizable a song for you? It's so funny. By the I, way, I it's just, so funny. I don't, I don't really like Metallica either, so. Ah, well, that'll. I mean, that'll do it. But I mean, you know, it's not like you could put Ed Sheeran behind uh, yeah, no. Frank Castle <laughs> shooting the shit yeah, out of people. Not, no, no, no. I mean, if you're gonna pick a rock song, I mean, thank God it wasn't like Guns N' Roses or an ACDC song. Oh yeah, yeah, like that. Welcome to the Jungle or something. That would have been yeah. the old, That would have been like if Michael Bay was making this. That's what it would have definitely been. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, it would have been like you know, it's badass Guns and Guns and Roses. Like that's no. Yeah, I don't get Let's to see. For for me, I thought it was I thought it was good, but it it was all, for me. Despite the fact that this was like a song from 1989 or 1990, I can't remember when Injustice for All came out. But um, despite despite the song being actually relatively old, uh, it's kind of fresh. Metallica doesn't get used very often for trailers. Uh, yeah, and, because they want to get paid when their music gets used, right? And Netflix has that, you know the the Oprah money where they just, they don't give a shit. Everybody gets a car. So they're, yeah, I mean, you saw that with stranger things. They shelled up money for, uh, super bowl ad ad and they had, uh, they got the rights to thriller for Michael Jackson. So yeah, they don't care when it comes to, you know, I I think I saw Kevin Smith joking. I mean, thriller has been in a lot of movies. Well, I mean, that's true, but it's, it's not a cheap song. And, uh, you know, not, like anything from like those top mega artists don't come cheap to use. And uh, I think I saw Kevin Smith joking about how Netflix has so much disposable income when it comes to this stuff. They're just like, how much is that Michael Jackson song? Okay, well, we'll pay you twice for it just because. Like, here's double what you asked for. Uh, I, I, it didn't take me out at all. I mean, it, to me, it added to it because it was, I mean, that's what I imagine Frank Castle listens to when he's working out or shooting people. 
Of uh, course he does. Yeah. I mean, it's Frank Castle. Just a Castle. big, dumb meathead. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's so weird that it, they'd be considered dad rock because when I was a kid, obviously they weren't. But uh, Hey, man, so much times, time they are changing. So much time has passed. Yeah, I don't even know what rock and roll is, Glenn, anymore. Anymore, I, 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 just... I couldn't even tell you what rock and roll is anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I um, I really it was edited really well together. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Clearly, somebody watched uh, Baby Driver, uh, which is a movie I did see. By the way, I forgot that I saw Baby Driver. Um, Baby Driver was awesome, but clearly somebody saw that when it came to timing the the music to the gun firing or loading the gun and cocking it because there's a lot of that in Baby Driver. Um, but I, don't know, I think it looks pretty good. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. Were you ever much of a Punisher guy? I'm not really much of a Punisher guy. It seems like he fits so far out of the mold from the rest of Marvel. But on the other hand, some of the other shows have been slacking lately, and this looks like it's gonna be good. So I don't know. Are you in? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I like John Barenthal in it. So it was... yeah, I liked him. I mean, the only thing that ever really bothered me about him is he's like a short dude. He's super so short. Yeah, so it's kind of like I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, want he's the not... Punisher to be like a big guy. Yeah, and not a dude. Who's I mean, he doesn't like have five, to be eight. like six five or something like that. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. have to be Dolph Lundgren, but no, you know, like six Baron... feet would be nice. <laughs> I was gonna say Barenthal's like five nine or five ten. He's not a big dude. Uh, I mean, yeah. he's like ripped. He's like muscular, but he's not. Yeah, tall. yeah, yeah. His stature. I don't, even, I don't even want the Punisher has to be like ripped. I want to yeah. be like forties tough guy, like barrel chested. You know, <laughs> little bit a little bit of chest hair tuffed yeah. out from his shirt a little bit. Yeah, you know what? Kind of like a, like like a mix of like how Max Payne looks in Max Payne three. <laughs> uh, doesn't need to quite be bald and like yeah, chubby yeah, yeah. or anything, but you know what I mean, like old man strength. Yes. <laughs> um. Linda Hamilton is returning to the Terminator franchise. That is awesome. Uh, this is crazy. I mean, if so, I cared about the Terminator franchise. We've, I don't know how many times we've said this. Uh, but uh, this time... So Jim, Jim Cameron, um, who, by the way, apparently is the authority figure on uh, female action stars these days, if you've been listening to uh, the stuff he's what been talking about. What's that? So what a douchebag. <laughs> um, I mean, look, he's not wrong about Linda Hamilton being uh, a kick-ass female solo action star in a time where there were not many, and that she's imperfect, and she's not a good mother, and she's not, you know, her beauty's not... And neither was that. Ridley. No, but, you know, that doesn't mean Wonder Woman can't be, for fuck's sake, Jim Cameron. She's a god, for fuck's sake, but whatever. Um, she is returning to the Terminator franchise. Jim Cameron says this will be a direct sequel to T two. So apparently, we're saying fuck you to T to T's three, uh, through five. Yeah, T three's out of here. Terminator Salvation, it doesn't count. Terminator I mean, they should Genesis. keep T three just because T three uh has got the best scene ever. So I forgot what were we talking about? What was the best scene ever in T three? Oh, minigun with the casket. That's that right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is an awesome scene. As he's going through a graveyard as yeah, well. It's, it's awesome. Uh, the big difference between this Terminator movie and many of the others is 
Uh, Deadpool's Tim Miller is the one directing it, and obviously he worked wonders with uh, with Deadpool. So, I mean, you sound relatively excited that Linda Hamilton is returning. Could there be at least a spark left, Glenn, that you may want to watch this movie? I just feel like Terminator isn't. It's not so. A, it's yes. not deep. Like it's agreed. For a time travel movie, things are relatively linear in it, if you know what I mean. Yes. So, like, you can't... When you start messing with it too much, then the logic falls apart, you know? Yep. Which is, I mean, I don't... Who cares? But it's just... Yeah. It's not... I don't know. It's been dead a long time. I mean, it's been dead since I was pretty much born, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sort of died I mean, I finally saw Terminator Genesis and... That is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Really? I didn't think... I Look, I no, didn't think that it was movie great. Is, that movie is garbage. I thought it was just... I just thought it was average, like your normal average movie. No, uh, those accents were terrible. <laughs> well, there is... And I, there is I, I like Jason Clark, so, like, I'm not... But, man, yeah, it's just... God, I just... I don't... That movie was so bad. <laughs> so um, bad for Jason Simmons. Tell us your, uh, quickly, uh, tell us your thoughts on, uh, Blade Runner 2049, because there's a, there's a tie-in. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you and I have talked about on the show, but I don't like the original Blade Runner. I have tried to finish it, like, three times or so, three or four times. I have fallen asleep every time, and I've never finished it, which is a credit to the soundtrack, which is incredible on it. And, uh, I, yes, it is a beautiful movie. It is an important movie. It spawned, you know, a different way of viewing post-apocalyptic movies. But uh, it's just, I, I don't care what happens. I don't need a 20-minute scene of Harrison Ford saying, enhance, enhance, <laughs> enhance. Like, I just, I don't need that. Yes. Uh, I don't mind long movies. I mean... I could watch Kingdom of Heaven every day, and I probably wouldn't have a problem with it. Right. <laughs> They're direct director Scott. Uh, of same course. with the theme of Ridley Scott. Uh, but no, I just thought it was uh, I. Twenty forty nine. It's probably my favorite movie I've seen this year. Um, I mean, it's the the favorite. I mean, it's visually amazing. Yeah. Um, it's like character arcs. For most people in the movie, even like little bits, it feels very lived in. Like it feel like also, the movie feels like an eighties, early nineties film, or even older movies where like even the big characters like, oh, you kinda know everything that what they're about. Um and it's just like but you know, you just don't see in a lot of modern movies. Yeah. Like you're too focused on the leads and that's it. And even though this movie's got a plot to it, and it's this is definitely more of a detective movie than what fl- the original Bra- Blade Runner thinks that it is. I was um, going to say, yeah, isn't Decker supposed to be a detective in that movie? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, this is much more noir than I think Blade Runner gets credit for. Yeah. Because um, he's actually doing more detective things. I mean, you're following along with him trying to figure it out, you know, what's going on. And... It asks a lot of the same questions, but it goes in different directions with those questions. You know, not necessarily what is it about to be human, but even, you know, when you look in through the lens of Ryan Gosling's eyes 
and I'll, I'll be a little spoilery, but it's not because you find out the like first five minutes of the movie. Mm. But you know, Ryan Gosling is a replicant, and um, they don't. It's not ambiguous. They just flat out say it first five minutes of the movie. Yeah. Um, but it's like you know, but he's got a wife of sorts that is an operating system, kind of like her, but she's a hologram. And she's programmed to love him. So if he's dealing with the same things of I'm programmed to do this, I am a slave to that, what does it really mean to be human? He also has to look at himself because he's a creator of sorts to her of, you know, is he making her a slave to him? You know, where where are these where do these lines stop? You know, what does it mean to be human? Where how do we define that? And it's you know, he's definitely the hero in it, but like you know, he's definitely got flaws, especially if you look at a lens through his wife, because she's kind of tragic in the movie. You know, she's designed to just love whoever buys her, and that's really sad when you when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, even if she has good intentions, it's like, you know, how true are those emotions between them? But no, it's like, I immediately finished the movie, and usually I can judge a movie if I really liked it a lot, if I'm like, I want to see this again but I want to see this in the theaters again, um, which is kind of how I have with like Dunkirk. Uh, but I never did see it again, but uh, I, I really feel like I'll probably watch Blade Runner 2049 in theaters again. Thank God for that nine ninety five movie pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, all right, let's talk about some more recent events. Of course, uh, there's been a couple of big trailers released. In the last few days, a brand new trailer for the Justice League has landed and Clark Kent is in it in a dream sequence. And uh, there's another modern cover of a 1960s song. So (laughs) uh, I think they did come together and now they're doing Heroes. So... What what did you make of this this actually this trailer the the first trailer that came out the first full length trailer actually felt very Joss Whedon-y to me yeah yeah you yeah this was uh, this felt less so yeah I don't know I mean it was I'm, a bit more jokey I yeah it, I, mean, I don't know I, I felt like it had some of the wittiness of Joss even if it wasn't funny but like. Yeah. Like the, the banter, the banter he had between them felt very much so like Joss Whedon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, like where he's like, "Oh, that's the bat signal. That's the, you know, oh wait a minute, you not everybody knows you're Batman or some shit. I don't know. It was uh, it seems like the Flash is our our comic. Uh, our comic well, I mean, relief, he generally is. So he's also the nerdy kid that nobody yeah. is yeah. friends with. I mean, with. he's he's very much so like yeah they. They're as far as how they're doing the Flash, like in, in the setting of the Justice League, he's generally the the lowest on the totem pole. But he's he's also the most powerful. That's kind of how the the balance goes, which is why like when big things happen and it's the Flash's fault or the Flash has to fix it, like he he is the strongest character in DC. So um, All I can think of when I keep seeing Ezra is that maybe the way he's playing this is. If they made this movie in like 1999, the Flash would be played by Jason Biggs. Like that's yeah, all I can yeah. think of is just like that kid from or American like River Pie Beans. is the Flash. Maybe. Although all I ever remember River Phoenix Brandon really from Lee. is he kind of looks like Brandon Lee a little bit. Yeah. I mean, okay, so I watched this. This trailer actually made me slightly less excited, and I'm I, on the fence about this movie anyway. 
this is probably not going to be in as a person of rare movie theater trips. This is not a movie theater trip for me. Um, this will be a, you know, I'll check it out a little bit later, but uh, Wonder Woman got my hopes up, but that was a, you know, that was a good movie and it was kind of also out of the circle of the people who've been making these movies. I know Joss Whedon st- uh, stepped in and did quite a bit of work on the rest of this movie, but I think it's and He still... like reshot like 60% of the film, I think. Did he? Yeah. I didn't realize it was quite that much. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not, uh, I'm just not, I'm just not sure. Yeah. I think my big thing is when I watch the movie is I have no hopes that I'm going to enjoy it. Um, but if I can like the characters and I'm more excited for the standalone stuff, Mm -hmm. mostly because some of the things I see with Jason Momoa, I'm like, Oh, you know what? If they make him kind of like a surfer dude, nonchalantly goes through it it's a little bit away from Aquaman because he's all about honor and strength and that kind of stuff but yeah. I'd actually be kind of okay if they kind of make him more like loosey goosey he's a dude bro um, yeah well I mean like because if you're looking at dynamics of the team like if they're going to have Bruce Wayne be like super uptight and have his quips now and then yeah. like you, you just if you're going to have you know you'd need those tropes Wonder- so kind of balance Wonder- it out if anything, it feels like Bruce Wayne has been has become more jokey, and Wonder Woman is going to be the more um, uptight, like let's get down to business person. Yeah. Um, Flash is obviously your comedy, uh, you know, and Momoa is taking care of the dude bro thing. I honestly, I wasn't really expecting the. the I mean, they are like just a, like a decade away of him just saying shit like Kawabunga and Hang Ten and shit like that during yeah. these battle scenes. I'm happy that we you know we aren't a decade in the past. But I mean you can see the Oh yeah, when he's like when he stabs the guy and he's like, Whoa when he's like ride him like a surfboard into the building and it whips his hair back. Yeah, if this was like, like I, I, I want to like it, but like given there's just a lot of baggage with the tone that they have from Batman vs Superman that it's yes. just like it's always going to be back in my mind, like, oh, this is completely different than what they started doing. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. I, I, that's the one thing I'll give Marvel credit. They found a formula that works, and they're sticking to it. Which, yes. you know, there's a downside to it as well. But, yes. um, you know, at least they're always going to be passable. And so, like, with this, it's just... Yes. Playing catch-up. Agreed. Um, I'm just really curious what's going to happen after Infinity Wars, especially, because... Mm-hmm. you're looking at some of the numbers and they do good but like I just you're not seeing those you're not seeing the billions from them anymore no I mean, the, I mean they are... a civil war but even I thought that was a lot lower than what it could have been I did have somebody trying to argue with me that Marvel is a failing franchise which I laughed at but uh, it's certainly not failing but I mean look you were going to they are suffering from what I would say are the early signs of superhero fatigue, which is quite frankly astounding that it has taken this long. Yeah, I mean, because of the frequency that signs. they've been coming out. Yeah, um, that they are just now only starting to show the signs. I mean, they're. I think by the time they hit uh, Infinity War, that's going to be like their twentieth movie or something like that. Yeah, which, which is you know, insane. Which, you know, we can tie it into the next thing, which is kind of what makes the Fox stuff interesting. 
Like they have their, you know, their big dumb wannabe Marvel stuff with the main X Men franchise, but like a horror movie, like that they're doing next, like the New the Mutants. mutants. Yeah. Like even if it, even if it isn't good, like mm-hmm. they're they're taking risks. Well, yeah, I they mean, took so a risk far. When they did Deadpool, yeah. I mean, even Logan. I mean, that was another risk. Oh, and Logan, Logan as well, of course. I mean, lower the budget. I mean, it was still a relatively large budget. I mean, seventy five million is nothing to laugh at. But when the previous film was like one hundred and seventy five. Like, I mean, if they're, you know what it kind of feels like, and I'm glad they're, I'm glad they're doing it, but it feels like kind of the, uh, like the Blumhouse model, like where, you know, they make all these horror movies, mm-hmm. but they're smaller budgets. But when yep. they hit, man, they hit, I mean, you have, then you just make a shitload of money off of your yeah. get outs and all that kind of stuff. You know, even if Logan didn't make as much, I mean, which it did, but you know, Logan made like what six hundred and sixty million or something like that. Okay, so it didn't quite do like eight hundred or eight fifty, but I mean the budget was what more than half of as much as what probably Guardians was. Yeah, and when you put the marketing, which is usually whatever the film is, double or you know, yeah, that's usually the the industry. Really, it was one hundred fifty million dollar investment into the film. Mm -hmm. You know, compare that to Guardians. I mean, they probably came out technically a little bit ahead yeah. than something like that was. Like, I'm I'm okay with this Fox thing that they're doing, and I, I hope they do more of it. But again, Marvel can keep doing what they're doing. That's fine. That's my mm-hmm. problem with this DC stuff is you don't have to do what they're doing because it works. Just find your own thing and make it work. You yeah. did it with the Dark Knight stuff. Now, it doesn't mean make every movie dark like the Dark Knight, but, you know, you yeah. can you could find your own way. You have plenty of characters. You don't have to use the big ones. You have plenty of characters if you want to go the darker paths. I mean, you can make a really fucked up Spectre movie if you wanted to. Oh, yeah. Um, it'd be really hard to do, but you could do it. <laughs> you sure could. Yeah, so. um, I, I think New, Mutant look, New Mutants looks pretty cool. And Yeah, I mean, it look, about... at the very least, like it, it looks different. And yeah, doesn't mean it's, it's going to be good or bad, but it's very... I, I'm in, I want to see it. It's hard to get a good gauge on it because this was more teasery than anything. Um, they didn't really include much of of anything other than you know jump scare moments and to like let you know that these are mutants and they appear to be in an insane asylum uh, or something yeah. along those lines or a mental hospital or something. Um, apparently, at least some time ago, I want to say maybe the seventies or something, maybe. But um, it looks uh, it looks really interesting. I'm happy they're going in. Uh, a different direction. You're talking about the Blumhouse thing. Um, I remember Aurora and I talking about this during Comic-Con that the creator of Spawn is writing and directing yeah. a Spawn movie and he's going through Blumhouse to do it, to make like a low-budget kind of horror movie version of Spawn. So, yeah, because yeah. that's the thing. It's like you don't need to see Spawn. You could use the shadows to your advantage. Yeah. I no. mean, and obviously they will show them. But yeah, yeah. They will... Uh, you know they'll they'll you know do things the the Blumhouse right, but it seems to be working really well for them. I, I it feels like most of the the best reviewed horror movies that have come out recently have all kind of come out through them. Yeah, good ones. So yeah, and you're yeah, talking think... about not being able to rely so much on the money to 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 purchase yourself good looking visual effects. You have to do the scares in a more clever way or you have to, you have to hire you have to find those diamonds in the rough yep. take a bet on a guy and then do it i mean that's i mean i, I will give marvel credit 
their formula works because they've been hiring a lot of these comedy directors. I mean, the Russos, now, you know, what, uh, what, uh, Taki Wadi or whatever his name is for Thor yeah, 3. I mean, yeah, Favreau. Taiki Wakiti? I'm butchering it. But, He's I mean, from New I, Zealand. Yeah, I mean, Taiko he Wikiti. made that. Taiko he made Wikiti. that yeah, he made that movie, What We Do in the Shadows, that it's fucking hysterical. But, uh, you know, they found a thing that works, you know. I've seen the clips from, um, they've seen a few clips from Thor Ragnarok as well, and that also looks like, and people who have seen it have like said, if you like his humor, then you're going to like this movie, because he managed to put himself into the, like, his thing. Like, even though it's this giant Marvel thing, he's managed to put his stamp on it. I mean, it's the same thing with like James Gunn. Yep. I mean, it feels like a James Gunn movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's quickly talk about uh, stranger things. Season two, we got a final trailer for that. That show is going to be coming out um, momentarily. Actually, if anything, I'm really dying to get my hands on the season one, Blu-ray. I don't know if you've seen this, but there's a really uh, nice special edition package that, looks like it comes in an old tattered VHS box. Oh, that's cool. And the discs are inside a cardboard VHS tape, which is inside the box. Um, and that opens up and the discs are in there, but I, uh, I approve wholeheartedly. I love all the, uh, obviously the eighties nostalgia stuff. There's a ton of it in here. Um, uh, I don't think this is actually as good as the, well, maybe it was as good as the first trailer. Uh, they certainly show a lot more. Did did you uh, did you check it out? What do you think of it? Yeah, I mean, like it looks. It got me pretty excited. Um, I think I, I don't know if it was because the first trailer was it was the thriller and Ghostbusters. Those are pretty two very iconic things. Yeah. So like in this one, it was more like smaller stuff, you know. I mean, obviously, using uh, oh my god, what's I can't believe I'm blanking on it. What's that arcade game? Uh, Pac Man. No, the arcade game that they play in it. It's oh, fuck, Dragon fuck, fuck, Slayer. Dragon Slayer. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, like you know, yeah, there's that, but that's like I wouldn't say it's a deep cut, but that's definitely like very specific. Kids are gonna get that one and be like, oh my god. Um, Having played that game a couple of times at the uh, video game museum, like it was pretty cool to see that in there. Mm-hmm. But like, of course it was. Uh, Paul Reiser looks, damn, he is old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was, I didn't even recognize him. That was him at like first. my yeah, big yeah. takeaway. I was like, holy shit! I mean, they only show him for like a second or two, but yeah. I was just like, damn, that dude's old. I don't know. I uh, I'm pretty stoked. I mean, I really I hope they don't make this. I, mean, I know it's super successful. You know, but I really hope they don't make a lot of seasons of it because, you know, I don't. No, I think they mentioned that I don't that know they... how deep this well can go before it just becomes the same thing over and over again. Right. I think that the creators of the show had said that they had only planned to do this show for three or four seasons. So, I don't know. We shall see. Also, one of the kids in this is one of the people you were praising uh, earlier. The yeah. actor who plays Mike in, in this show, Finn, Finn Wolfhard, was in it as well. he's great he's probably yeah, the best of the kids um yeah and he's good in the show too uh i'm just yeah i'm pretty excited i'm pretty excited for the show this is one of the only shows i've ever actually literally binge watched uh where i watched like the whole season in a day i've never done that with anything else oh, i do that with bojack horseman every time it comes out because <laughs> i just have to purge my emotions 
I get really close to that with like Kimmy Schmidt or something where the episodes are shorter and more digestible, yeah. but um, I can sort of almost binge Kimmy Schmidt in a day, but I try not to. I go out of my way not to because I don't want to watch it and then have it gone. So yeah, I think it's a, Kimmy Schmidt. I think I finished over like a month and a half. You know, we kind of we tried to pace ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess we should talk about uh, the big trailer then, which was uh, we don't need to talk about Pacific Rim. We just no, we, there, so there was a trailer. We should, I guess, briefly mention that there was a trailer for Pacific Rim Uprising featuring John Boyega. <laughs> and I believe the actual thing that I wrote here was uh, we all like John Boyega and robots fighting monsters, so this is a win? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, if you like the first Pacific Rim movie, this looks like it will be... All of the stuff from Pacific Rim, giant robots fighting giant monsters, and apparently they there has to be a bunch of giant robots to fight one super gigantic monster, which is what you would do, I guess, in a sequel to a movie about giant robots fighting giant monsters. So, if you like the first one, you'll probably like the second one. Although the trailer did not really grab me in the same way. No, it didn't. Weirdly enough, while I feel like this movie might have a bigger budget than the first Pacific Rim... It felt like the CGI was not as good as the as the first movie. No, it was looked kind of cheap in points. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe it's not finished. Uh, there was some talk about some of the CGI looking bad in the Star Trek Discovery trailers, and in the final product, the uh, it looks amazing. So maybe we're getting some unfinished effects work, uh, good enough for trailers, but not the final product. So maybe that's what we're getting there, but uh, yeah, some of it didn't look as good to me. But maybe it was the lighting. A lot of the a lot of those fights in Pacific Rim were in the dark, uh, were at nighttime, and not many of them were in the middle of the day. So um, maybe it was that. I'm I'm not sure. Okay, now we can finally talk yeah, about probably because it just looks goofier in broad daylight. Uh, let's talk about all the big Star Wars news. Um, actually, you know what's funny? I think when we last did this show there was talk uh, the word had come out that uh, Lord and Miller were canned from the Han Solo movie but a replacement hadn't been named I think the last time we did the podcast so huh. uh, it's I think it's been that long it was um, it was announced they were giving it to Ron Howard who I think he was partially involved anyway in the movie. Like he was maybe a producer or something. Hmm. And they brought him in to, to finish the rest of the movie. But uh, what was what I've heard since, I don't know how much of this you've heard, but it sounds like he, much like Joss Whedon, has gone through and reshot a bunch of the movie. Uh, apparently there's a, a whole part that they took out and recast and refilmed. Uh, all sorts of stuff with that movie that got all switched around. How do you feel about Ron Howard directing a Star Wars movie? Is that kind of, that feels kind of crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, they found out this movie was going off the rails with, again, what did you think they were going to do? But yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, who could, you know, who works on a strict schedule and get shit done? Ron Howard. Like, Okay. Yeah, like him or like Clean Eastwood, because like Clean Eastwood only does it in like two takes, if that. So yes. if they're like trying to make up ground, like I wouldn't be surprised if it. Yeah, <laughs> screw it. Yeah. 
Uh, imagine, uh, imagine if he directed Force Awakens. So it would have been him and Harrison Ford on the set together. And I'd be oh like, my God. you could make a documentary like background of the movie and be like the unfiltered version of like two grumpy men. God, just them sitting in a chair grumbling back and forth uh, at one another. Especially uh, since I think Harrison Ford is more uh, left leaning, and clearly, uh, yeah, clearly yeah, Clint is less so. Yeah, would, just would, hear them grumbling at funny. each other. Oh my god, it'd be amazing. Sell tickets to that. Put it on pay per view. Um, but yeah, speaking of real man with that earring. Well, speaking you know. of the uh, speaking of the saga trilogy. Uh, Colin Trevorrow put out this movie called The Book of Henry. Apparently uh, it's terrible. Hey, yeah, it was only a matter of time before he, too, was let go from his Star Wars directorial duties. Uh, yeah, Book of Henry got really bad reviews. And then pe- people started trying to explain the plot. I was listening to people talk about what the movie was about, and it just seems like a bizarre movie. It's about, like, uh, this kid who sees like a his next door neighbor or something like a girl he figures out that she's being sexually abused by the neighbor but the kid dies and then the mom finds the book of Henry which basically outlines how she should go about murdering this guy (laughs) (laughs) and uh apparently it's it's weird and not good but Anyway, I think that's what ended up costing him his job. And then the hunt was on for a director to fill the slot for Star Wars Episode Nine, And everybody was talking. Actually, a lot of the, the name I heard that was constantly brought up was Steven Spielberg. Because they're like, hey, they went with Ron Howard. They should bring in Spielberg to do a Star Wars movie. But clearly, yeah, I think Spielberg Spielberg's said he would his... never do one. No. And he's, you know, he's Spielberg's wrapping up with uh, Ready Player One and all of that stuff. And... Uh, there were other names bandied about, but ultimately they went back to J.J. Abrams, which is, I would argue, the safest choice. Because they already know what they're getting with him. They already clearly liked what he did the first time around. And at least as far as like Disney slash Lucasfilm is concerned, um, they don't have to worry about this director flaking out on them, so... Um, I'm, I'm curious as to know what you think, because obviously you and Ben were the dissenting voices when we talked about Episode 7 when it came out. Uh, although I don't think either of you guys actually hated the movie. I think you both no, I mean, thought my it biggest was a good movie, but is you have issues with it, obviously. Yeah, my my issues is the same issues I have with some... I mean, granted, I have I don't care. But issues with, like, when you talk to... With Star Trek, and it... it it just feels like he's not willing to take risks, mm-hmm. which is why, like, when they hired Ron Howard to do this Han Solo movie, it's like they just don't want to take a risk. I get it no. because three of them are objectively not good. Uh, so when half of your film franchise is not good, I understand you wanting to play it safe. Tell you um, what, though, Glenn, there's a growing community of of uh new trilogy defenders out there so yeah well you know what my generation does some very dumb things at times <laughs> those kids Just like any generation i mean at least we didn't get us into vietnam or something but that's that's true that is if, if our big problem is that we want to get pay, paid a fair wage in today's inflated market and we think this prequels are better than the original you know what 
that that's I'll bear off. that cross. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a trade off. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's a yeah. Like I said, it's a safe move. It is not like the the risk. It's not like they, you know, it's not like they went to like uh, George Miller or whatever and were like, hey. You do a Star Wars movie, or dude, Tarantino. that would be. Real. I would love to see a George Miller Star Wars movie, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just uh, make it R. Oh my god, dude, he would like. Oh man, so crazy. many people would die in that movie. <laughs> <Or> Tarantino <laughs> uh, with cartoonish violence or whatever. You get people getting stabbed. I would see. I would want to see a Tarantino. I I don't want to see a Tarantino space movie. I just think it'd be really weird. Oh yeah, like without a doubt. Like his really stuff weird. works with like westerns. Like I don't know for how outlandish he yes. is. I need him to be like in a realistic setting. Like I yes. don't. I feel yes. like it'd be too fantastical. Um. So I'm curious then to get Tarantino your thoughts about Lord Rings. That'd be interesting. I'm I'm curious then to get your thoughts about the Last Jedi, uh, the trailer. Now we got like a teaser way back when, but it was a a teasery teaser. It yeah, only gave okay. you blinks of things. This gave a much larger look at stuff uh i'm curious as to what you thought of the trailer does this look like i mean i i I don't think they're i don't think they're going crazy like george lucas did with the prequel trilogy but this does look like at least it feels like from this trailer it's going to be different from the first movie and it's going to be darker and well obviously they're doing the they're doing the middle movie thing that Star Wars kind of invented, I guess. Um, I mean, that that being said, the the glimpses I've gotten from this, it doesn't feel like it's going to be as much of a soft reboot of Episode 5 as Episode 7 was of 4. Um, I hope not. I mean, that's... That's my biggest thing, is if, if it does... If it falls into the same traps that 7 does... By mimicking eight, I just—I mean, by mimicking five, I just—I'm yeah. gonna be really frustrated. I mean, I would expect. I mean, I'll be pleasantly surprised if they don't do it, but I would go into this movie expecting a twist, a big twist, because. Well, I mean, they kind of hint that's... that the whole Ray could join Kylo Ren, whichever side that might be. Yes. Well, I mean, clearly the. I'm almost positive that shot from Ray is her talking to Luke, though. Who knows what that Kylo Ren shot is, but I'm positive that's one of those bits that they put together. To yeah, I mean, it'd be think. cool if it was. I, I would be okay with either one of them flip flopping. Yeah, but um, we got to look at uh, we got to look at Snoke in this. That'd trailer. be different. I mean, it wouldn't be anything like what happens in Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Agreed. If she does, um, I mean, I guess the parallel would be like, well, Luke had the choice and chose not to. I'm like, eh, I don't know. We got a. We got so after look his at... hand got cut off, I don't think he really had like mm-hmm. much of a choice. That was more of a Return of the Jedi thing. Uh, we got to look at Snoke. Uh, yeah, he looks normal like, sized and not hologram. Yeah, he doesn't appear they, to be really tiny. Got, I was worried he was gonna be like itty bitty Yoda sized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. would be like that's dumb. <laughs> that's a. Or or really really huge. I'm glad he's just regular size. It appears. Yeah, yeah, him being um, huge kind of strange. Uh, so obviously this is uh, begging all sorts of questions as to who this character really is because everyone feels like the big reveal is going to be like who Snoke is. Um, 
the theory that I've heard that I like the best, though, doesn't make him a character that we've met before in any way. I hope not. Which, which would be nice. Like, I've heard everything from, like, oh, it's actually Obi-Wan. Or something like that. Or it's... Um, I think the most popular one is the... Uh, what is it? Darth Plagueis? Or whatever the... The, the, the guy who was the... The one who master solved of the, death. Yeah, the one... Yeah, the master of the uh, of Palpatine. Uh, I believe that's probably the, the front runner in fans' minds as to what it most likely is. Um... But I heard one that's like far, kind of far out there, that I sort of like just because it is really different for Star Wars, um, and that he's like, because uh, they did those video, those uh, the old Republic video games. I don't know if you ever played any of those, mm-hmm. uh, but they did like Knights of the Old Republic, uh, talking about Jedi and Sith going you know, way, way, way before any of the events of any of the movies, and uh, this, uh, I guess it's this idea that he's one of these Sith from the Old Republic who has been entombed. So he's kind of like, uh, think of like the the mummy from like the Brennan Fraser movies or uh, like that crossed with uh, like a vampire. Oh, uh, so, you know, it's so, funny you say that because I was thinking, oh, what you really mean is the master and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Where he's alive, but he's trapped and he can't leave his like tomb, essentially. Yes, and he. But he's uh, pulling all the strings. He, he basically feeds off of the Force energy from slain Force users, Jedi's, or or Sith alike, uh, to like restore him to his uh, to his former uh, glory. In fact, there's. Uh, I really like this because the idea is that the prophecy of like the chosen one was started like by his people to basically continue like a loop force like a, a circular loop that will constantly be producing jedis as long there as will always think be that, a savior yeah as long as everybody thinks there's the prophecy to fulfill they're going to keep looking for force sensitive people and training them to increase their ability and thus their knowledge of the force and therefore their power for these like uh force vampires i guess to sort of feed off of it's way different than anything than i think what most people would be expecting so yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty excited i think i think it could be something like that and it would be very different obviously i mean i mean there's only like two things i don't want them to do in this movie so which is, I, I don't want them to kill Leia, and I don't want them to kill Luke. Well, I mean, Leia's gonna, Leia's definitely, I, th- well, I mean, I can't say for sure they're gonna kill her character. I'm, there's no way she'll be able to appear, obviously, in the next movie. They said they're not going to. So, either they, I mean, obviously in the trailer, they very heavily hint that she's going to die. But I think that yeah, could be a red just, herring as well. I don't know. I mean,. If you, I don't know, just take a page, I can't believe I'm saying this, but take a page out of the tastefulness that the Fast and Furious franchise had with Paul Walker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, if they kill her off, I don't blame them, but it's just kind of like, uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. And I then, don't think, 
I don't think Luke should die either, but I feel like we're yeah, going to well, get some well, sort of like dies, Then it just becomes like, I just don't think this cast is ready to completely pass the torch to. Yeah. I mean, we'll, I mean, we'll I, see. I don't know. And it just feels like his, his story's not done. Like, if he died, it'd just be like, I, I would feel really cheated. I feel like he yeah. needs to at least make it to the end of this conclusion because I feel like Kylo yes. Ren, whatever he feels, like that's a part of... He has responsibility yes. for that. If that means he dies and the next one saving him and giving Kylo Ren the choice to be good, mm-hmm. as, as much as I'll hate it because it'll be a copy of Return of the Jedi, that's fine. As long as they just close his loop in an appropriate way. Um, before we uh, Before we depart, how unfair is it that Disney basically gets two baby Groots? They've got baby group, yeah. and they've got porgs, which, yeah. uh, the, uh, let's just be honest here, they're going to sell a bajillion porg toys. It's yeah, they are. It looks like a little penguin thingy with giant anime eyes. Do you think that's why they made BB-8 smaller than, like, R2-D2? Almost, almost positive. Yeah. Oh my god, that's right. They kind of got like three baby Groots. I forgot BB-8 was around before Baby Groot. Yeah, because it's like a smaller. Th- I feel like that's part of their plan. Is with the. I mean, it may George Lucas man. He sold a shitload of toys, so I don't know if There's part of a... the design was the idea to have it smaller and easy to copy into a toy. The first order. They've announced that the first order is also going to have a BB unit in this movie. Oh, Lord. Um, so, like, an evil BB unit, which fans have now started dubbing BBH8 for, of course, BB hate. Um, <laughs> we shall see. I'm sure they're going to sell many toys, but I'm really more interested in this story. Um, well, here's an easy and quick way into the plug, uh, because we were just talking about Star Wars The Last Jedi, and I'm sure people are going to be going to the movie theater to check it out. I know we will be doing it. Uh, the movie actually comes out on my birthday, so happy birthday to me. Uh, if anyone wants to buy me tickets, uh, or themselves tickets, uh, I suggest the best way of doing it is through Fandango. In fact, uh, you can pre-order your Star Wars The Last Jedi tickets using the link cinemageekly.com slash Jedi. and using that link, not only can you pre-order your tickets, but you get a free Star Wars The Last Jedi poster. Uh, offer is valid through October 23rd, while supplies last through uh, the fine folks over at Fandango. And also, if you want to uh, just buy regular tickets or gift cards, uh, cinemageekly.com slash Fandango. And it'll do the same thing. It'll help us out either way. But uh, using that link, cinemageekly.com slash Jedi, you can pre-order your tickets and get a cool poster. Of course, uh, supplies are limited, Glenn, so... Who knows? Uh, no one come and blame me if uh, you try to buy these tickets and all you get are your tickets. Because uh, I do not know how many of these posters Fandango has. I would imagine it's quite a few, but uh, you know, I, I cannot be held responsible. I, I've, I've already said, while supplies last. And I believe that is the end of my legal obligations. Um, so yeah, that's a wrap. I mean, what do you, what do you figure? We'll come back in January... <laughs> to talk about uh, the rest of the movies. Who knows when we'll come back? Um, Maybe soon? Look, I'm sure we'll probably come back to talk about Thor. Uh, We'll definitely be coming back to talk about uh, Star Wars and probably talking about our our favorite movies of the year. Uh, We'll try to bring this show back on a more frequent basis, but there's so many other things going on. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's gonna... Yeah, 
yeah, we'll talk about it off air. <laughs> uh, you can head over head on over to cinemageekly.com to check out uh, the archives of the show and to check out all of the other shows we've got going on. There are a bunch. Uh, and you can find us on iTunes and Google Play Music. Just search for Cinema Geekly and hit subscribe. And we will return soon, Glenn. I don't know how soon. Uh, it may be another four weeks. But we will return with another Cinema Geekly podcast. Cinema Geekly.